good day everyone, you're listening to Time for Your Hobby, and this is episode 179, 280 characters to share. I'm your host Alex, and today I have the honor to have Marty as my guest on the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing very good, thank you very much. Well, I'm glad that you're doing good. We had a little chat before the interview started, and apparently I made you reevaluate Twitter as a whole, which has me excited. So I'm going to just get right into, not, I was going to say get right into you, not that kind of podcast. I'm going to get into your mind. Let's say it like that. Yeah, that sounds yeah, more PG. Good. Yeah, there you go. And then <laughs> learn more about Marty's hobby. But before we do that, let's get into who is Marty. A lot of getting into. So who is Marty? Oh, this is okay. So we got some time, I guess. No, it, it, um, so I am, I'm married, happily married. For 12 years, um, 11 years, actually. Oh, there you go. That's a good start. I've got two <laughs> kids. I've got a daughter and a son, Willow and Lennon. Um, I moved out to the country because uh, we wanted a little bit more peace and quiet. And I got a little plot of land, I guess. And um, some very modest hobby farms and chickens. Uh, we're working way up. We've got an old century home that we're doing a lot of work on. So I've got quite a few hobbies already on the go. Um, but uh but yeah, that's and I work for the federal government, and uh, I've been in in audio visual. I'm an I'm an AV tech, uh, but I've been in the AV world for basically my entire life. I absolutely love it. Uh, I play a lot of music. I was in film and television for a little while, but uh, but this new hobby has uh, really uh, captivated me lately. <laughs> no, just to go back on the audio aspect, I'm I'm mm-hmm. self taught. Like I taught myself. Are you the same? Oh. <laughs> Uh, yes and no. So <laughs> at the beginning stages, I was, I, this, a lot of it came from just uh, a bunch of high school friends getting together and jamming. And then I really found an interest in recording and doing it from that side. I did play guitar and a lot of drums and a little bit of bass, but, um, I was always more interested in the gear aspect of things. So I did that for a very long time until eventually when I landed in film and television, there was an entire, obviously there's an entire sound component to the program. And I dave, I dove pretty deep into that and then almost all of my gigs after that were all sound uh related until i eventually found myself as an audiovisual technician in ottawa doing uh, simultaneous interpretation simultaneous interpretation um so there's a little bit more technical on that side not so much on the editing and that kind of stuff but i still do all that kind of stuff on the side it's still a huge passion for me so um so yeah so a bit of self-taught and then eventually went to school for it so yeah well, I think we're going to have to connect more on that later because that's something I cool. am very interested in. I started producing music 10 years ago and I was always interested in the audio editing oh, aspect nice. and learning more about software and hardware related. So, yeah, I know. But today, today, today is not about our no. love for audio. I know we can go off on hours for that. <laughs> we should. Yeah, we <laughs> we definitely should. After this episode, it'll be a bonus sure. one. Okay. Uh, but no, we're going to be talking about your hobby. But before we do that, you mentioned a bunch of things. So I have to ask, do you have any social media links, websites, or even projects you're working on that you would love to share with the listeners i it's you know what it's okay so for now i don't uh basically it's just uh, at mr 78 that's my twitter handle but there's going to be some things posted up there um soon i've got two projects i'm currently on one that's going to be posted very very soon i don't want to give anything away just yet there but um it, it, honestly it's a lot of it it's as a result of you it's mm. uh, part of your inspiration so i, yes. I have to thank you for that <laughs> You know, it would have been very awkward if you didn't have any social media links at all, especially this episode's about Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> That's just a good call. Yeah, I I do have, obviously, I think everybody has a, a Facebook, but I I don't care for that one so much. It's really just, uh, it's there to, to throw funny memes at my parents every once in a while. And, uh, but I do have an Instagram. Uh, it's called random, random Artie 78. 
Um, I just started that one. So there's not much content there. My wife is on there. I follow her and she's a, she's a foodie. She is extraordinarily talented. Uh, she does a lot of stuff with food uh, and, and she gets involved in photography as a result of it. And um, she takes amazing pictures, gives really good advice. She's she's on her own personal journey. That's an entire other thing, too. <laughs> but, um, yeah, there's a couple other things out there, I suppose. Well, if she wants to come on to talk about it, if it is part of her hobby, she's more than welcome. Today, we're going to be talking about Twittering. So everybody who is not familiar with Twitter, Twitter is a website where people can share thoughts, ideas, podcasts, well, podcasts because I'm a podcaster, but a mm-hmm. lot of different things. But mind giving a definition of what Twitter or Twittering means to you and how do you use it? So uh, Twitter, to be quite frank, um, I know it could be very awkward. And at least that's how I felt on the onset. Um, for years, I knew of a couple of people who were on it. And I always thought the concept was pretty ridiculous. Because back then, it wasn't even 140 characters or whatever it is now. It was much less. Um, it only, I think it was like in 2019 or 2018 when they changed it. But uh, I always felt like it was a bit absurd. Okay, what you're limiting what I could say to a certain amount, and it's a really small amount. It doesn't make much sense. What are people really doing on this thing? It doesn't make any sense to me. So, But how I got started with it was because um, I've been in this fantasy, uh, it's a keeper fantasy hockey league. It's been going now for 25 years. And my brother does very, very well with it. And one year I decided like, how are you doing this every year? You're always near the top, or if not, you're winning. What's going on? What am I missing? And, and he says, you know, I just, I stay on top of things. And he says, one tool that I've got in my back pocket that most people don't know about in our league is Twitter. Um, it's very good for, you know, for just for getting uh, direct access to journalists who have, you know, interesting ins and stuff like that. And, you know, next thing you know, I'll, I'll be the first one, I'll be making a weird trade and everyone will be looking at like, what are you doing? But I'll, then the next day, the news comes out, this guy's hurt and that's why he made the trade. So it's like, oh my God, that makes a lot of sense. So that's what I got into at first for that reason. But it changed um, pretty quickly. And it, I, I've gone a, on a bit of a roller coaster as a result of it. Um, it, it, again, it started as a fantasy, fantasy hockey thing, but it really trans started to translate into, this is where I'm getting, you, do you remember the, the shooting at the Parliament Hill? Yeah. Yeah. So I was at work and I had, I had just basically just kind of started, uh, using Twitter. And when that happened, I thought to myself, you know, there's a couple of journalists, local journalists from Ottawa that are following, and they were tweeting things right away. And I thought to myself, geez, yeah, this is, I need to follow a couple more people right now. And in that moment, I started following a lot more journalists who were sort of getting the news as it was coming out. And I was, I was reporting things like I, the, the guy I worked for at the time, he was the chief security officer. So I was giving him updates at one point. So it became really obvious to me that Twitter could be a lot more than just what I was doing for at, at the first uh, on my, at the first try at Twitter, which was you know, fancy sports. I think it really started to evolve in like getting news, being the first one to get news, that kind of thing, which is nothing new in in the media world, really. Like if you're going to be successful as a journalist or as a news industry in the news industry, you want to be the first one to get it. Unfortunately, that's kind of taken maybe a little bit of a left turn now. It's maybe more about being first rather than being right now, but that, that's a whole other conversation. But um, so then, it, so that's what happened. And it, it kind of turned into getting news and, and staying up to date. And one of the things I really liked about Twitter was I could vet who I was getting the news from. So, so I knew that the news, my news feed was basically uh, information that I, that I, I knew I could trust. So it, that's what essentially it ended up where that's where I'm at now with it. I, I'm at the point now where I use it for news and sports and entertainment. Um, and, I, and I trust it because it's, it's my feed. I've been, I've been telling myself what it is I want to see. I, I, I've, I've sort of vetted the people I want on my feed. 
and I trust it. So the information that comes to me, I, I know what I could look at. So I can just sort of really sit back and relax and enjoy what I'm reading. And do you also have, let's say, friends that you've connected with? And with that in mind, was there like one individual, you can shout them out or not, that you just really connected with? And then you thought this would have never happened if we didn't have Twitter. You know, wow, great question. This is this is weird. My cousin. So, yeah, we like he's a bit older than well, a bit. Uh, he's close, maybe close to 10 years older than me. And um, I absolutely I've always nothing but fond memories of the guy. So he he would be my father's brother's son. And he lives in Montreal. And um, his name is Eric. Um, he he is really one of the rare, genuine people that you'll you're, if you're ever lucky enough to know him, you'll you'll get that right away. He's just a genuine person. But anyways, he just started following me. And, you know, I like and it, it came out of nowhere. And you know, he, he started following me. And I saw who's oh, oh Okay, sure. <laughs> just started following him too. And then and then we started talking though, like really talking. And for as much bad as Trump may have done, it brought him and I closer. Uh, our, our collective disdain for, for Trump and, and the, the daily reminders of, of what Trump was doing and how horrible he was and, and all that kind of stuff. It really brought Eric and I closer. And then, but it wasn't just that. Like we, we then started opening up even more. Like, remember Remember when we did this? Remember when we did that? And and we're talking about when we were younger. Again, he was uh, you know about ten years older than me, but that meant he got to babysit me. So I threw off some memories to him. He's like, oh yeah, it wasn't exactly this. It was kind of this, but still, like I can't believe you remember that. And and then as a result of that, we've rekindled our our friendship or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, our friendship. And and it's actually it's meant the world to me. Um, we were never there was a there was a very long period there where we simply were not in touch like because you know technology wasn't there and, and there was you know picking up the phone calling my cousin i don't who who really does that <laughs> not many people um i was lucky enough that i was close with some of my cousins but him you know we especially through your 20s and 30s you've got other things going on but it, you know it was just great to to have that to bring us back together and and uh, yeah i honestly i owe i owe all of that to Twitter. Shout out to Twitter. Shout out to Eric. Shout out to Marty. Shout out to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> now, Twitter, this is your hobby. But another question that just popped up in my head is what compared to other websites or software such as Instagram, Facebook, or TikTok that makes you attract yourself towards Twitter as your hobby, like Twittering? Why Twittering compared to the other social media platforms? Nice question. So that's that. I honestly, I'm going to say this. Uh, with all sincerity, and, and I know this kind of sounds, this is probably going to sound a bit ridiculous, but with Twitter, I can be myself. Whereas with the other ones, I feel I do have to put on some sort of show. Um, now, I'm not completely myself within Twitter because there's only so much you can do. There's only 140 characters. Um, but at the end of the day, I am more myself on Twitter than I am on any other platform. Uh, Facebook at this point now, it, like I said, it's basically just throwing memes out there. And I know that I hold back on a lot of things. I'll see posts that come up on Facebook and I just feel compelled to say something. But then I'm like, you know what? No, if I do that, I'm opening up a door that I don't really want to walk through. So I'm going to leave it alone. I've got friends on there from high school that I just don't agree with anymore, but it, I still care about them. So I, I don't want to offend anybody. So you see what I mean? Like I'm on eggshells on Facebook and it's not okay. So I'm not being myself. So that's why I basically just reverted all of my Facebook stuff to just be strictly comedy stuff and, and you know, and nice warm and fuzzy moments with my kids or something like that. And, uh, and for Instagram, while it is new, I, I think that was almost self-explanatory. The Instagram filter, the whole thing, the whole concept of filter is to put uh, an image out there of yourself that 
you know, while there may be some truth to you in there, it, it's not like you're, you can, I, that's the thing. It's social media, you, it is what you make of it. At the end of the day, if, if you decide you want to flood your Instagram, your Facebook, your Twitter feed, whatever it is, with one certain thing, that's up to you. You can decide that. You can control what, what you basically inject into your world using social media. Social media is basically, you know, imagine, imagine all, all day long, all you do is eat junk food. Well, what's going to happen to you eventually? <laughs> You're not going to do very good. But at the same time, what happens if all day long, all you ate was broccoli? So it's a healthy balance. You need that healthy balance within your social media. And it honestly, if I can get a little existential about this, social media seems that maybe we're destined to, to have social media as part of the human evolution. And, and, and that's, again, that is very existential, but it just seems like that is where we're at now. I don't know how we go without it. Not to say that we should put that much value into it, but it used properly like I do now with Twitter. And I didn't. I didn't always do that with Twitter. For the longest of time, especially during the whole Trump administration, I was I was wrapped up in something that I shouldn't have been. I was in a deep, dark hole. And I, it, had, it had gone from, you know, fantasy sports to every social media account or sorry, every Twitter account I was following from for a while was all these Trump hating people who were just constantly every day. Oh, look what he did here. Or look what they did this. And and then I, I caught myself one day, I caught myself talking to my wife and I could tell that I was gearing the conversation to get her to say something a certain way. And I, I stopped myself right away and I apologized and I, and I reevaluated things. I took a break from Twitter. I stepped back. And then when I came back, I did a purge and I realized that this was seeping into who I was. So this was becoming a problem and I needed to put a halt on it. But I still wanted it. You know what I mean? Like, I, I didn't want to get rid of it. I didn't want to say, okay, you know, Twitter got me to do this. So forget. It. Well, no, it's not Twitter. <laughs> Twitter's a program that I tell it what to show me. And I'm in control of that. Same thing with the Instagram, same thing with the Facebook. You're in control of it. I, there, there's, there's a broader conversation there for sure where there are things that we're not in control of. That's fine. But at the end of the day, your feed, and how much you look at it and what you do with it, how you interact with it, that's, that's up to you. So I realized that I had been doing it the wrong way for, for too long. I had started off with some pretty good intentions and I was getting something positive out of it. But then it, 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 I went quickly down and all of these platforms, you can do that. You can go quickly down a dark hole. And next thing you know, you're looking up and you're like, geez, I'm so far in. How do I climb out? So but you always can. You could always reevaluate. You could always clean up. And I think that's important. And I've done that three times, three or four times since, for lack of a better term, my revelation of, of it was changing me for the worse. And I needed to put a stop to that. So how is it different than the other ones? Like I said, I think you could be a little bit more honest with yourself on Twitter than you can with the other ones. But it's up to you. And you know what? Twitter is one of, sorry, Twittering is a hobby that can be very relaxing, but at the same time, it can switch on a dime. If you just like see oh, posts yeah. like, oh, this is positive, positive. What is that post? That just triggered me in a sense. So I'm sure, and once again, Twitter is one of those platforms where you choose who you want to follow. So for you, how do you connect with new people? Like what is your criteria to follow somebody, whether it's based on news, sports, or just somebody that's funny or somebody that you like, whatever content they're creating or sharing or anything like that? What is your thought process to say, you know what? I like this person. I'd like hmm. to follow them. 
Um, well, for one, I mean, if they pop up on my news feed or my Twitter feed, that means there's a connection there already somehow. So if it's there, then it's worth me investigating. So if I go into it, one of the, one of the things it, it's happened where I've had a person just out randomly just start following me. And usually a, a red flag for that is if you have a look and there's a couple of red flags, but one of them is, um, I mean, if it's a legit account, if they have say like 20,000 followers or more or something like that, I, I, I'll, I'll take note that this is probably just to boost their numbers and, and I'll wait a little bit. So I'll follow them. And then nine times out of 10, they, they stop following me a couple of days later. So they just want the numbers. So then at that point, then I stop following them. There's nothing there. But in terms of the content that they put out there, I, I'm open to anything, anything and everything. I, I try not to be close-minded about anything. Uh, so genuineness is the, probably the most important thing. Wh- how is it that they're coming off when they're putting whatever it is out there? Do they Does it sound genuine? Is it something that they've talked about several times on their feed? Is there's is there a place that's connected for them that I need to know about? Can I can I follow a trail and and go? Geez, this person's put a lot of thought into this and and sort of take it back like that. Like, to just say I'm blindly following people, I feel that's how I got in trouble the first time. I, I, that's almost like an ir- irresponsible way of doing social media. You got to know who you're putting into your world. So the genuineness is one of the most important things. Like you wouldn't want somebody in your life physically you know, who isn't a genuine person. It, sometimes that's a difficult thing to be. And I, and I understand that. But if you can do your best at, at doing that research and, and vetting the person a little bit so that you can feel comfortable with what they're now going to interject into your life then you need to do that research. You need to find out who they are, where they're coming from, and is it important to you? Does it, does it matter? So, but in terms of subject matter and stuff like that, like I said, I, I'm open. I, I like learning new things. Um, I, I like learning new things, things that I feel like I, I might already know pretty well, get engaged in a conversation. And, and if people feel passionate about it, that's even better. I love passion. <laughs> now, I know people listening is like, oh, so you got to ask this question. You got to ask this question. How do you filter through what you can be well, not say believing, but what is credible and what not credible. Because nowadays on the internet, certain things are easy to believe that are false and vice versa. Some things are harder to believe, but they're true. So how do you deal with that like research process? I say research, but more like uh, vetting, figuring out what to believe in. Let's say in sports, like uh, a famous sports player has this disease. Wait, what? No. Why? Wait, and then the person, they actually, actually what happened is that this sports player actually lost their foot. What? Oh, geez. Yeah. So I yeah, know it's a little ridiculous, but what is yeah. your process to go through all those resources? Uh, well, yeah. And that is a very good question because it, it is a difficult thing to do right now. It, it's hard because it seems like when you, you sort of settled on someone, you turn a corner and then there's a new story about how much of a dirtbag they are all of a sudden. It's like, oh man, I just started loving you. But for now, it, one of the easiest things to do is just, if you see a story, if, if something comes up and it's being said by somebody that you're like, if you already trust them, that's easy. Then you can just sort of move on. But if you're not sure, then you try to find the same story somewhere else. If you, you see a repeat of the same story with basically the same information and every single time you read it, then that's a very good indication that what you found is actually it's, is accurate. And you can trust that because you're, if someone's making up a story, journalists don't want that there's plagiarism involved at that point, right? So that, that's not what's going to, and that's maybe not for news, but that's not what's going to happen. You're not going to repeat a lie over and over and over again because it's going to it's going to take everybody down with you. There's, you know, there if it's, and actually what a good indication to is if you find a a small a small newscaster, the newscaster doesn't maybe have a whole lot of followers, isn't very well known, and their story is being repeated by a major news station, that kind of thing. Then it's like okay, this lines up. So 
the more times you can see that story out there with the more credible people that you feel are credible, then the more legitimacy it brings to that person. So then there you go. Now you've got yourself something that you could rest your head on, but it, it, it doesn't, there's no absolutes in life. The only two certainties in life are, are death and taxes. Beyond that, you, you're, you have to trust your gut. And that's a big one too. I, I, think, I think people need to, need to know that the, their gut is there to help them, but it, you got to use your gut. You got to use your heart. You got to use your brain. You got to use them all together. You can't just let one thing all over and over. Like, like this is, yeah, it's a gift. This, that could, that's a very good question. That could be very <laughs> it's big. tricky. Yeah. And especially yeah. nowadays in the pandemic when you have a lot of information flying <laughs> everywhere, <laughs> it's, but that's a topic yeah. for like another day. That's, that's a, a big topic. Yeah. But one question that just popped up in my head again is for you to enjoy Twittering as your hobby. Do you think Twitter is transforming in a way that makes it more enjoyable for you or like the changes that they do, does it make it more like I say enjoyable, but let's say they added Twitter spaces. Does that add or diminishes to your Twitter experience as a hobby? Um, it, it's, you know what <laughs> I would say it for now, it's not adding anything in the sense that I'm not, I, I'm not exploring much more than what's already out there. Um, one thing I was annoyed with was their font change. And, and that's a ridiculous thing to be annoyed with, <laughs> but I, it, that really bothered me was the fonts, the, the font change. Now, I think what I'm trying to get at with that is I, I've really found a place that I'm happy with what I have. And I, I'm the kind of person that, you know, once I get pretty comfortable and settled in something to make too many changes, I, I start to feel like ah, you're messing with something pretty good here. Why are, why are we doing this? Who's asking for these things? But I do understand Twitter's perspective and wanting to add more features for themselves. Because at the end of the day, you're still talking about a feature that's 140 characters, write a quick blurb of what you mean and move on. Like as something from a business standpoint, that's, that has to evolve. There has to be more than that. So, and I do understand that. I think in the future, in the very near future, I'm going to start branching out into seeing what else Twitter can bring in my life because not that I'm getting bored, but because there are changes coming for myself. So I think I'm going to be I'm going to be enjoying Twitter even more now going forward, I think. Well, in order for you to enjoy it even more, is there anything that they could add to enhance the experience for you to enjoy your hobby? I feel like I have to say the edit button. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I, I think just by default, we have to say, because if I don't, you know, Twitter is going to hear this and go, oh, he didn't say it. So we're good. Uh, no, the, the, the edit button, I, at the end of the day, it, I don't think it's a deal breaker for very many people. I think it honestly, I'm, I've done it a thousand times before. I see a spelling error. I'll delete it and I'll repost it. It's fine. But uh, to add anything, personally, I, I'm, I don't think so. I, I really like what they have, what's out there, how people are using it too. Like people have found different ways of using it without Twitter having to be involved at all. And I think that just shows how creative people can be. And it's, that's the kind of stuff that I really like to see. Um, it, it's, it's, it's expanded my ability to have meaningful conversation with strangers, all walks of life that I never would have had before. It's, it's really, it's a world that I'm, I'm feeling now at this point, again, after going through you know, a dark time with Twitter and now finding myself in a happy place with it, I, I couldn't be happier with what Twitter has given me as, as, a, as a hobby, as a place to go where I feel safe, I feel secure, and I feel comfortable with everything that they have already. And the people in there are doing what they have to do to keep it interesting, and it's working. So I, to say they have to change, 
Not much. Don't change the font again, though. That was really annoying. <laughs> was, it, was it MacBook? They just announced today that they re-added some ports on their laptop, but the previous generation didn't have those ports, but the one before that did. So oh, really? Just, yeah. It's just, uh, they're going to, so I'm just imagining Twitter, they took away that font, they put in a new yeah. font, and then they're going to bring back the old font <laughs> and just say it's revolutionary. Revolutionary. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Now, you mentioned that you did go through a dark time with social media. So it's a two-part question. What is the most stressful part about Twitter or Twittering? And how do you usually mitigate the negative effects of social media? The most stressful part about it for me, and I don't get too stressed out about this, but it has come up a couple of times. Um, The fear of coming off as a hypocrite. And um, and that's easy because... Honestly, again, with the, the the short amount of words you can use and the the ambig, ambig ambiguities of you know texting or, or or just a few short words where you're not seeing the expressions or, or hearing the emphasis on, on certain words, that kind of thing, it can come off the wrong way pretty fast. And in fact, I had it out with a, a verified account once. Uh, she's an actress, uh, and it did. It was a fast turnaround. It came out of nowhere. Uh, she took it the wrong way. She thought I was trolling her. Um, whereas what I was actually trying to do was echo what she was originally trying to say, which was it had to it, had, it all had to do with mental health and everything. Uh, and she she had a bit of a history of that. And um, anyways, it, it just goes to it goes to show me that like you really have to be careful how you word things. And I, I'm guilty of being sarcastic on <laughs> more than a few times in my life. And in that moment, I chose to be sarcastic into in a way of trying to just emphasize the point but it, again it came off wrong and she, and she took it the wrong way i don't blame her she blocked me right after that and um you know it is what it is it, it, but that's still a genuine fear that i have to this day is you know saying something the wrong way that someone will take the wrong way because like in social media you know it, it, it's up there and people will take you know screenshots and then next thing you know you're viral for all the wrong reasons not to say that that's ever happened to me um but you know, varying degrees of that has happened. I've had strangers take uh, snapshots of a tweet of mine and uh, and call me on. In fact, actually, at one point I had, this was during the, uh, like, well, it's still now, like there was a heightened time of racial sensitivity at, at one point. And I had a background picture of two beer mugs sitting next to each other with a sombrero on top of each glass. And they pointed that out to me and they said, you seem like a hypocrite because look what you got there. And it hit me right away. I was like, geez, you know what? And I responded by saying, you're absolutely right, actually. I, and I never even considered that before. And I'm saying this right now, full on apology. And I'm, I hope I didn't offend anybody by having that picture up and I'll take it down. And ever since then, I've taken it down. I learned my lesson there. And that's one thing that I think most people, it, it, that's the kind of thing that really helps in Twitter is that you, be, being open to being wrong, being open to be called out and, and accept it and, and have, have a, a a civil discussion about it and, and and find yourself really growing with that. And I've done that on more than one occasion. And it, it might not be easy for, sorry, it, it might not be possible for everybody. And I, and I do understand that. But from my perspective, I found that has been one of the best things about Twitter. It's allowed me to be honest in such a way, which I touched on already, but it's allowed me to be honest in such a way that I could be wrong and be comfortable with it and grow and become better. And it, that's definitely happened a lot, <laughs> especially over the last couple of weeks. But, but how to mitigate the negative effects of it? It it really has a lot to do with making sure you're you're engaging in the for the right reasons, 
and and what helps that is making sure you're following the right people. So having that world that you create, that you metaphorically eat every day when you're scrolling, is it healthy for you? Is it good stuff? Is it is it working out for you? As a perfect example, my wife uh, noticed that Facebook was no longer healthy for her, so she gave it up completely, cold turkey, and it has been a huge, huge positive effect for her, huge change. So it's not to say that you know if 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 you're on social media and, and it's starting to be a negative thing for you, but you still love it, you don't want to give it up, that you have to give it up. You can try what I did, where you take a break from it, you reevaluate why you want to be on the social media and go in and do a purge. Have a look at who's who's interrupting your happiness and, and, and why are they doing it? And do you need that in your life? Because you really don't. And the great thing about Twitter is that a lot of what you see on Twitter of what you get in terms of if you're following someone who is credible and, and trustworthy and that kind of thing, the information they're putting out there comes from a good place. If, if you know, again, if you're following the right people, you can get, you can fill your space with that, with good intentions. And then you can just sort of weave in between the two because it is Twitter after all. Yeah. You're going to get some <laughs> negative stuff and it, it's going to come up and it, and it every day it comes up. But you, you can scroll right past it and you, you don't have to be hit by it at all. You can, you can make that choice because if you engage in it, they'll sure as heck, they'll come right back with you. And that may not be healthy. That may not be the healthy choice. At which point I've, I've blocked a lot of stuff. I've muted a lot of stuff. I've muted conversations where I felt proud about my reply, but because so many other negative people were jumping in and doing continuous the negative. I just, you know what, I, I'm proud of what I've said, but I've said what I said and I'm done. I'll mute it. Now I don't see it anymore and move on. So you see what I mean? Like you've got control of that. So take control of it. Take control of the, of the social media that if it's, if it's harming you, but you still want it and you do still see value and good in it, then just fully take control of it. Really limit things and, and bring it down to what it is you need out of it and just make it that. Now, to answer your first question, you were talking about, not question, but you are talking about sarcasm. And it's and with the internet, it's kind of hard to read tone of voice when it comes to anything people write. I know for Reddit, there's a kind of, not necessarily a golden rule, but when somebody writes something sarcastic, they put a slash S at the end, oh, right. which means sarcastic or sarcasm. <laughs> so yeah, I don't, I don't know if it breaks the flow because the idea of sarcasm has got to be subtle. Like it's almost as if you don't know if it is sarcasm, but That's right. tone yeah. of voice comes into play and that makes it a lot more mm. difficult when you're online. And yeah, social media is, it's a bittersweet situation where it can be wonderful and not wonderful at the same time. So the most important thing, like you said, is to take care of yourself first and make sure that you are mentally healthy in order. Well, I say mentally healthy, but mentally capable in control. To, in control exactly to just see what is going to be out there because the internet is like the wild wild west right so with that in mind what are usually some do's and don'ts when let's say somebody who's interested in starting twittering as like a hobby like just want to get into it and make connections and stuff like that what are some do's and don'ts a don't and then this is a big one um don't be someone you wish you were be who you are all the time never change who you are just because you're on social media don't become don't become a douchebag <laughs> or, or, you know, or don't become uh, an actress all of a sudden. I understand that maybe, maybe that's what you're aspiring to get to, but that, that will, that'll lend a hand into something that you probably don't want. If you're true to yourself, that always comes through. People gravitate to that a lot more than being fake. I feel that that's actually especially true nowadays for as much as there's out there, there's negativity and there's stereotypes and, and there's, 
frustrations around all of that. I, I, I'm, I'm feeling that like the next generations behind us are going to do better with, with mental health. And that's a great thing. And I think a big deal for that, as long as they continue to know that being true to yourself, I honestly, I'm seeing a lot of it, but I, I know it, maybe we're in like a perfect 50, 50 split at this point, but I do see a lot of it where people constantly talk about how important it is to be true to yourself and to be yourself and all that kind of stuff. And that is absolutely true. So a big don't on Twitter would be to don't don't go out there and, and being and talk to people the way you wouldn't talk to them if you saw them in person. Be who you are. Be respectful and, and understand that this is a we're trying to make this a safe space for everybody. And that is what you should be after for yourself. So don't be anything but who you are and who you're meant to be. So that's a, that'd be a don't, right? So, uh, but do again, I, I'm going to, I'm just going to keep repeating this and I'm sorry for it, but no, no, it's all good. It's all follow good. the right people. <laughs> be mindful of what you're injecting into your life. If it's not positive, it's eventually going to bring you down. So just do it the right way and for the right reasons. And, and those are the two best things because the way you want to navigate and interact with people, that's personal. That's up to them. And there's nothing I can do about that. And there's no, there are some Twitter rules. Everyone can read that. But at the end of the day, it's just, you know, be respectful of everybody and Twitter will leave you alone. But for yourself, a, a big do is just be, know who you're following and why you're following them. It keeps it nice and clean and, and, and you'll be, you'll be better off for it. You know what? This just turned into a Twittering slash mental health episode. There you go. Because it's important to combine both of them together. There you go. This is titling this Twittering mental health or not. No, that'd be Twittering about mental health. You know what? People understand what I'm trying to say. There you go. (laughs) Be kind to yourself. There you go. There it is. And uh, so for you, what was your biggest challenge when you first started Twittering? I find my purpose. Uh, I struggled to use it at all at first, uh, it was it was really just me reading through things, which is fine. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, uh, how many times have I heard stories? I, my grandfather, like all he ever did was you go pick up a newspaper and, and get a coffee and, and park uh, near the water and just read the newspaper. So essentially, that's, you know, that's our version of it, right? Like, I'll get a cup of coffee, I'll sit down, I'll start scrolling some Twitter. And that was what I did with it. And that was pretty much it. But once I got comfortable um, and, and I found... I found that I could, uh, well, on the onset, honestly, on the onset, in nature, I am a, an argumentative person. So that, that's, kind of, that's kind of where I started with it, was I started poking. I'm not going to say that I was a troll per se. I definitely, I, I can definitely, if people were to go way back on my on my Twitter feed, absolutely, you could pull up a feed where it says, you know what, you're a troll there. And that's 100% true. I, I'm, I can absolutely be guilty of that. And I'm not proud of it. Um, and that was on the early onset, because like I said, I, I did like arguing and this was heavy into the whole Trump thing again. So it was easy to, to, to find people to poke and, and agitate and, and start getting riled up and that kind of stuff. But then that became obviously an issue for me. And, and I, that's when I decided to pull back. So now I find it, <laughs> I don't want to say this is my mission, um, but I, I'll say now it's, and I actually, you know what, I'll, I'll say this story. It was a couple of days ago and Brady Kachuk, he's a hockey player for the Ottawa Senators. He just got re-signed for seven years. And I put out a comment where I said, you know, he's not worth it. Okay. It was just like that. Well, sorry. It wasn't just like that. It was a little bit more elaborate than that, but that was basically it. And a couple of people liked it and made a couple of comments, but nothing major. And then one guy walked in and he did what I kind of say is you open the door, you insult and you slammed it shut. And that was it. And that was basic. That's what a troll does. Right. So he came in and this is kind of a popular one. He said um, his his entire reply was, tell us you don't watch hockey without saying you don't watch hockey. 
So obviously he felt differently. And, but that would, to me, that's an insult, right? Like now, now there's nothing there. Now you said that you've gone, you're gone now. And so now what? So I replied basically by saying, listen, if you want to disagree, let's go, let's have a conversation about it. Cause you might be right. I might be right. Maybe we're both wrong. Who knows? But we won't know unless we actually have a civil discussion about it without the insults. So can we do that? And then long story short, by the end of it, he liked that tweet. And then we continued to have a conversation and it was very enlightening. I ended up learning a lot more about Brady Kachuk than I didn't know before. And he actually started understanding where I was coming from and agreed with a lot of what I was saying. At the end of the day, we both still felt exactly the way we did, but we both did learn something. And we both walked away respectfully, feeling like we had learned something. And I noticed that at first, his first comment started to get a lot of likes. And then I started noticing the same people were starting to like the other comments on my side. So obviously, they were following along. So that's what I thought was awesome about it was that we started off with like nothing but an insult, but haha, I, I got you to stop trolling <laughs> and I got you to just talk to me. And now everyone's growing at it as a result. So it was great. So that to me, that was one of the, and that's, to be, to be honest with you, that's happened a lot lately. So the whole thing of, of trolls, I kind of get, I kind of feed off of that by trying to kill them with kindness and try to get them to just knock it off because it's, the trolling thing is, it's so pointless. Like it, it just, it, it's, I guess it's just an ego thing. Maybe it's a narcissistic thing. I don't know, but it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't bring anything. And it, no, there's no value in it for either side and including the people who are reading and going along this way here, people now that when they go through that, that quick feed, they'll see like, Oh man, this, these guys turned it around. They ended up having a great discussion. I'm learning and me myself now I'm learning. So I was just, it was, it's those things that I really, really like Twitter. Sorry. Does that answer your question? What was your question? Again? No, no, that was, that was my question. Yeah. You oh, just, okay, good. And you pretty much just explained like a M night Shyamalan plot twist. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> She's like to start off like, I know what's going to happen. This person's going to stick to his guns and this person's going to stick to his guns. Wait a second. Uh, what? Wait a second. <laughs> Whoa. Nice. Happy ending. Great. Nice. That's awesome. <laughs> Unlike M. Night Shyamalan movies, don't usually have happy endings, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's a good point, yeah. <laughs> so, does, so I guess it's kind of like a follow-up to my follow question. So is this kind of still your challenge these days, or do you have different challenges? No, my, my, my next challenge is uh, trying to see if I, can, if I can use Twitter to a bigger advantage for myself. And f- what I'm spe- specifically talking about is, uh, is trying to do... I guess I'm, I'm beating around the bush trying to get to a podcast. Um, yeah. And so I got, I, and I've had two ideas. Uh, the first one, first one involved. Oh, just don't, me don't, don't tell them. If you, oh, if no, no, no. Yeah. It, I'm not going to get into the de- I'm not oh, going to the good. details of it, but I'm just going to say the first one, I, I did a bit of a test run of it and it, it was just myself. And I realized I needed a co-host. Um, so I'm waiting for a co-host on that one. But the other one, luckily enough, I, I found a co-host pretty quickly for that. And that one should be happening pretty soon. So that, and that is going to be like Twitter is really going to be the reason why this thing succeeds or or not fails. But if if it succeeds, if it has any amounts of success, it'll be a Twitter will have a huge hand in that for sure. And that's what's going to be posted on my on my handle uh, my handle no on my Twitter account very soon. But yeah, that's my biggest challenge right now. You know what? This kind of reminds me. I've interviewed an individual. I forget what the podcast name, but they have a podcast. I don't know if they're still running it, but basically they go on Google and they write how many or like how does, and it's like autocomplete. Like and then they read this. the answers and they go like, let's say Canada. What is Canada? Like when you write how to, I what, think, it, yeah. what pops up? 
first. <laughs> I think I've I think I've heard it too. And I, but you're right. I don't know if it's still going on, but I definitely have heard this. And it, it, honestly, it's those kinds. Of, I love that kind of stuff. You know, like people who are being creative about podcasts and things like that. And it's it's great to see people because I mean we've been locked up for two years. There's a, there's there's only so much you can do in the house. You would think. But then, you know, people start coming up with these great ideas and utilizing these tools in different ways that are just creative and entertaining. And, you know, at the end of the day, there's there's a lot to be said about being entertained um, by by whatever it is, because we all have our own ideas of what is and isn't entertaining. So (laughs) this person who does this, this type of podcast, I love that. I love that. I love that it's thinking outside the box. Who knows who he's going to reach with that? And then it's it might inspire somebody else to do something either similar or completely different. But if you know, it's the kind of thing you can see somebody like, oh, I want to do a podcast, but you know, my idea is stupid. Oh, wait, this guy's doing that and that's working. Well, you know what? Maybe I will give mine a try. And it's just that extra little nudge they need. As long as people are trying things, I think you, it's great to see what they, what they come up with. Well, you know what? Once your podcast comes out, you can send me the link and I'll add it down in the show notes below so I can share it with the world. And like you said, you like that nice. creativity. I know I said this before, but there's this individual who... Apparently, people said he has the most boring voice in the world. So he decided to create a podcast called Sleep With Me or something like that. I can't remember the title, but basically it's just him rambling about nonsense to just try to get you to sleep. So he'd be like, so I got this glass here and it's nice. It's got water in it. And he walks away for like two minutes. All right, I'm back. I was just. He walks away? Like he walks away for two minutes and it's just so boring that people love it. He's got over a thousand episodes and just it's to help people fall asleep. (laughs) That is amazing. (laughs) Is it? Oh, is it the comedian? The guy with curly hair? I can't remember who it is, but I'll also, if I can find it, I'll send it off to you. But yeah, yeah, that's the creativity. And that's why I was just thinking like you, because since you love Twitter so much, I can see you. I don't know if it's what you're planning, but a comment of your Twitter experience with your podcast. If that's the case, I don't want to spoil it for anybody. I can't say that that's the idea, okay, but I can I, say that it sounds confirm, like a pretty good idea. You cannot confirm nor deny. That's you right. don't have your lawyer here. We'll have to no. call him in. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> but okay, so back to the Twittering aspect, because it's all about your hobby of Twittering. What are some misconceptions of people who love Twittering? A good misconception? Uh I guess would be a, a typical one would be that we're all trolls. If you, I, and I get that a lot too. Not that oh, I have a lot of people who think I'm a troll, but I, I, it's, it's almost like the first initial reaction. Someone says, okay, well, what's, you know, what, like, what, where, like, if you're on social media, or some, however the conversation starts, you know, what's the, you, you know, what is it that you do? Oh, I'm on Twitter. And then it's, a, oh, you're one of those. <laughs> it's like, no, no, I'm not one of those. I'm just on Twitter. I, I use Twitter. So what does that mean? If you're on Facebook, I'm supposed to assume, and, and I guess I'm supposed to throw you in an age category and decipher what it is you're doing because you're on Facebook and your age. Like, that's a bit unfair. Um, so I, I don't like that concept. But for the most part, when I tell people that I'm on Twitter, it's usually like, oh, you know, oh, you're one of those. And then a little chuckle, it gets a little bit awkward. And then we kind of move on and everything's fine. But it, most time, as soon as I tell somebody I'm on Twitter, they almost, if they're not on Twitter themselves, see, that's, that's the thing too. There's two reactions. If they're not on Twitter themselves, it's a very short conversation and we move on to something else. But if they're on Twitter, it's, it's like, oh, you're in that private society? Let's go. Let's talk. And then it's just like, well, who do you follow? Well, who do you got this? Oh my God, did you hear about that? Oh, that's awesome. And it's it really opens the world. And next thing you know, we're following each other and it's super fun. And it, it, it's, I don't know why this just popped into my head though. At one point, I had a guy randomly follow me and I wasn't following him. 
Nothing was going on. It was very weird. And it came up and I'm like, well, who's this guy? I started researching it. Turns out <laughs> when I was doing film and television uh, way back when this is be like 20 years ago, I lived in Toronto for a little over a year uh, with and I didn't when I say lived in Toronto, I slept on couches. However many couches, I don't remember at this point. But one of them was this guy's couch. And we didn't know. And he didn't know who I was because I don't necessarily put myself out there as who I am. So he, would, he wouldn't necessarily recognize. Me. We haven't spoken since either. And, and, and it just sort of came out of nowhere. So we started talking. And the conversation we did end up having was like, well, like, what are you doing in life? And why are you like, why, what are you doing on Twitter? And so I paid attention to who he was following. We still follow each other to this day. And we've talked a couple of times. And it's, it was a really cool moment where we brought, where we sort of came together as a result of Twitter. So it, it ties in with what I was saying, like two different conversations, one people who don't like Twitter. And so it's very quick, but then people who do like Twitter and do enjoy it, it's like a little community that we do. We understand each other. We respect each other. And, and it's nice. If you had to have like one answer for this, what has Twitter or Twitter Twittering taught you in life? What is the one thing that it taught you? That's not difficult at all. <laughs> it's to be yourself as corny as that might sound. At the time of everything that was going on, the loudest lesson I've ever gotten from Twitter that I have been able to take, again, I, that sounds ridiculous. Twitter's done what? No, Twitter really did, really taught me that it's always way more important to be true to yourself and be comfortable with that and know that not everyone's going to like you for it. And that's okay. We're not all meant to hold hands and sing Kumbaya, and that's okay. We're going to have some disagreements, but be respectful and understand that we're allowed to be, we're allowed to disagree with each other, and it's okay to move forward with that. But be comfortable with yourself and know that certain things are important to you and that you need things in your life and learn to let go. You got to let go you, and let go of people sometimes. You get, sometimes mm -hmm. you got to, at one point, I remember I was, I was following, I forget who it was. I, don't, I, wanna, I really want to say what his name is. I can't remember his name, but he was uh, a verified. Alex Hobby. A, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was a verified account. Like he was, was he a beach boy or something? Anyways, it was weird. And I was getting nothing from the feed. I was getting, it, it, the stuff that was coming out was just like, this is boring, but he followed me. And he was one of the first followers I ever had. And I remember getting really excited about it. So I had a bit of an attachment to it, but then I realized, but I'm getting nothing from this. There's no positive effect from this. He's not coming on my feed and reading stuff and liking things and making comments. There's nothing out of it. This is completely empty. This is an empty relationship. Let it go. And as superficial as that sounds in the Twitterverse, in real life, it could be applied and it makes a much bigger difference. And there's elements to that that I kind of already knew, of course, being in my 40s, there are certain life lessons that you learn as you grow up. But Twitter really brought that to a head for me because I think, I think timing is a big deal. And again, the timing of when I fell into that black hole of Twitter and I realized I was there and I had to climb myself out, all of that coming together really made that way more important for me. To, to just be myself and to learn to let things go and, and to learn to let people go. That's a, that's a great life experience. Mm, it is. And um, so I've asked this question at the beginning of the episode and I'm going to bring it back again because I'm sure you don't have no social media, but if you were to have any social media, I don't know, like a Twitter or something, <laughs> do you have any social media links that you would love to share? <laughs> the, the only thing I've got is the Twitter handle, which is at Mr. 78. Now, Anything I do going forward will be posted there first. And there are some things coming. And now, like, 
if you really wanted to, I'm on IMDb. I've got uh, I've got four credits there. I've got more than that, but there's only four things I ever made. Actually, here's here's a cool one. Um, there was a movie shot in Ottawa called Smash Cut, and uh, I was the I was the boom operator on that, and it starred none other than Sasha Gray and a couple of well, actually, I forget his name, and I feel really bad about this, but um, the the pinhead guy. Remember the from the eighties horror flicks. This is a horror movie. Mm-hmm. So uh, there was a guy who had pins all over his head. Hellraiser, I think it was. Uh, the actor for that guy was in it. There was a couple other guys that very well known. As soon as you see him, you'll be like, "Oh, that guy." It's just right now I can't remember. And this was a long time ago too. This was maybe two thousand and ten or twelve, something like that. Um, but that's like that was a that was a big deal for for me because it was probably the most successful film I had been involved in. But other than that, like, you know, being on IMDb, I don't know how difficult it is to really get on IMDb because I somehow found a way after just 10 years of being in the business. But but social media links, it's just, uh, yeah, Random Artie was the other one for um, for Instagram that I just started. And uh, and Facebook at this point now, there's no I'm, I'm not going to bother because it's just it's too personal. It's just my family and close friends. And I don't do anything on there, but act stupid in a, in a funny way. Twitter, I act stupid, but in a different way. <laughs> so mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that's the one I kind of lean to on more than anything else. So, but there are, yeah, there's there should be a couple more projects uh, popping up very soon, and it's refreshing too because I haven't, I've always been involved in the creative world, but I've taken a big, big, big break from that for a long time. And um, this, knowing this was coming up, this really gave me a push in the right direction, and it's got all the creative juices going all in the right way, and. And I've got a couple of really good people involved. And actually, it helped me reconnect with two people. One guy now is he's in Vancouver. Uh, another guy, the three of us were we were in a band together, uh, and we've rekindled and we've we even started talking about uh, potentially doing some more recordings again from you know remote or all of our place or all where we're living now. But um, we had started doing that, and we might be doing it again. So I honestly, I owe you a big debt of gratitude <laughs> for for just waking me up and, and doing this. So thank you. Yes, uh, I'm Alex, the personal alarm clock. I will come to your bedside and shake you awake. Yeah, that's what I do. I charge 75 cents per year. That's wow, the, that's not bad. It is a little terrifying, listeners, just so you know. At first, you're a little like, ah, jeez, get out of my house. But then, then you realize, oh, it's just Alex. Yeah, I just burst down the door, wake up, call. <laughs> With that voice, too, it would work. Yeah. <laughs> well, to, to answer your thing, your question, you're talking about if it's hard to get it onto IMDb, I'm an ID, IMDb. So it's not that hard at all. And I am, my nice. thing is not, not that well done. Like my page, it's on my podcast. <laughs> so it's not. Oh, is it? Okay, cool. Yeah, it's not. It's got only 132 episodes. For some reason, I stopped. I don't know. I, I guess oh, I don't weird. do any more episodes. Uh, yeah, oh, okay. but uh, it's there. Well, I guess <laughs> I guess I have to update it. Uh, yeah. Maybe, yeah. That's and, pretty cool though. I'll have a look at it. And now for the last question. Drum roll. <laughs> <laughs> do you have any questions for me? about twittering is your is your the uh uh, time for your hobby twitter account is that is that your main go-to twitter account or do you also have a personal twitter account i do not have a personal one this is my no this is my main go-to i put myself out there Um, well yeah i say put myself out there my name on there is alex hobby long backstory behind that a hobby just a fake name because i wanted my podcast to be focusing on my guest and want people necessarily look up me and also the idea that if uh, my podcast ever becomes big, 
probably not. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't want oh, people to look into like my family and stuff like that. Cause they didn't, they're not involved. Right. I want them to have their own private life. So that was the idea why I decided to do that. I don't mind people learning about me and stuff like that. So that's cool. I share sometimes photos of my son and I, my wife, but nice. don't reveal their names. And, Good. uh, Smart. Yeah, it's, it's my personal and public podcast. Personal and public. Yeah, yeah exactly. And yeah, sometimes I share, like, I like sharing podcast tips and helping up people to start yes, podcasting. you do. And, <laughs> and they're good. They're good. The, the they're way very you good. said you do, you're like, yes, Alex, I know. <laughs> it's annoying. God. <laughs> not at all. No, that's not what I meant at all. I got a terrible voice for that. No, you're... <laughs> the sarcasm right there. <laughs> yeah, right there. <laughs> yeah. No, you're... Honestly, your Twitter feed is one of the uh, the, the better ones I've recently... Because I've only... I only just started following you, like, what, maybe two months ago, something like that. That's how all this really started. And and actually through you i've made several other connections and when i had first put out that i was interested in doing a podcast you and this other guy came to my rescue and really offered uh, so much information so quickly and you guys have been <laughs> so, like i can tell the support is so amazing within the just those two particular accounts that you do a very good job of of uh, of encouraging and giving the right kind of information and and just being positive about it and it's really and it's exactly that that I'm looking for in my Twitter feed. And that's why you made the cut, my friend. That's why you're in there. You've got that sense of positivity in that account. And I just loved it. But I was just wondering if there was if there was another side to Alex. <laughs> for Twitter, there isn't. Instagram, yes, I don't use it as much. I, it's weird. My evolution through social media ever since I started this podcast started off with Reddit. Then oh, okay. with Instagram. Yeah. And then Twitter, oh. and now it's like Twitter and Reddit. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm surprised you went Reddit, Instagram, Twitter, because I, for me, I went Twitter, Reddit, like almost back to back, because the, I find the two are, especially back then when I was first using Twitter, the two kind of go hand in hand. It's a, it's a perfect marriage. But Instagram, I always felt like, well, I'm not interested in taking pretty pictures of my face or my food, so what's the point? I'm starting to see it differently. Because I, it's through the evolution of social media and what it means to me personally. I've, I'm looking at it differently now. My wife was really, I mean, mainly so that I could follow her, so she's got more followers. But, but then, but then it, she opened up the world to me, uh, the Instagram world, and I'm looking at it differently. And I think I, there's going to be some positive stuff that comes out of that for me too. So, but anyways, I, I, I'm happy to hear you on Reddit too. I, I didn't, I don't think I've looked for you on there, so I just might do that. Yeah, yeah, I'll send you my. Uh... My thing later on, I got some interesting videos that got like, not viral, but pretty popular. So yeah, I can, awesome. I'll go into more details about that later on. And That's awesome. for people for people who have made it this far throughout the episode, this might have been one of my most interesting ones because I know some people are like, oh, social media is not a hobby, but mm -hmm. it is through my definition of, is it something you do during your free time? Does it make you happy? Do you enjoy it? Is your, is it, if it's not your main source of income, then it's a hobby. You're not, you're not hurting anybody. You're doing it for your own well-being to just, just be happy. So yeah, it counts as a hobby. And if you disagree with me, then troll me on Twitter. I can yeah. take it. <laughs> and me I too. Bring it on. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have a joint post and you guys can just rant and I'll, we'll kill you with kindness. <laughs> there it is. That's right. Let's just have a civil discourse. Yeah. <laughs> so there you have it. Another body with a hobby. Thank you so much, Marty, for coming on and just sharing your passion for Twittering and how it is your hobby and how you want to connect with the world and use it for your well-being. Thank you so much for doing this. Honestly, you've expanded my mind on it. You've made me look at it completely differently. And this has been a, nothing but a positive 
uh, experience for myself from beginning to end. So thank you. All right. Checking off one positive thing I've done for a year. No, the rest I can be <laughs> negative. <laughs> but yeah, so if you guys want to learn more about Marty, you can go check him out on Twitter or once his podcast comes out, he'll send it to me and I can put it in the show notes. So you can go check that out. And if you'd like to be on my podcast or have any questions at all, you can send me an email at timeforyourhobby at gmail.com. And of course, if you'd like to show some support, you can. You can leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser or anywhere at all, even on Twitter perfect place to leave a review. If you want to show some more support, you can also buy some merchandise. I have merchandise with time for your hobby logo. And I also have a Patreon with some interesting tiers where you can actually share more hobbies. So it's kind of like you get your own little bonus episode. You can give updates and like, Oh, well you did this month with your hobby. So that's there too. And of course you just got to go show Marty some love. You absolutely have to do that. So Marty, I cannot thank you enough for coming back on, coming back on, coming on. Maybe you will be back on. (laughs) Hopefully it'd be really cool. I know when uh, new things come around, uh, there might be another opportunity. So yeah. So thank you again very much. This was awesome. So until the next episode, make some time for your hobby. Take care.